Welcome to the Plymouth Meeting Church Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We hope the following message touches your hearts and minds. What use is it, my brethren, if someone says he has faith, but he has no works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is without clothing and in need of daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warmed and be filled, and yet you do not give them what is necessary for their body, what use is that? Even so, faith, if it, is, if it has no works, is dead, being by itself. But someone may well say, you have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without the works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one, you do well. The demons also believe and shudder. But are you willing to recognize, you foolish fellow, that faith without works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up Isaac his son on the altar? You see that faith was working with his works. And as a result of the works, faith was perfected. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, And Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see that a man is justified by works and not by faith alone. In the same way was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way. For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. Today, we get to start with the end. The end. James chapter 2, verses 26. Verse 26 says, For just as the body... Without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. This is our big point today. This is our destination. This is where we're driving to. And James is going to reiterate and and really just hit hard on what he wants to teach. For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. Faith with no works No deeds, no action. In essence, that's a dead faith. A faith walk that takes no steps, well, that's not really a walk at all, is it? So just like a body that has no spirit, that's a lifeless body, faith without fruit, that's not life but death. Faith without works is like being dead on the vine. So our destination is... Set, we are talking about faith and works today. Faith and works. And so today's lesson is about helping us to expand the footprint of our faith life, our faith walk, our belief. So as we get started today, let's 
Let's do some definitions. What is faith? Well, first, uh, let's be reminded that, that Christianity is not an idea. The gospel is not an I- idea or, or, or like merely a set of life principles to follow. The gospel is an event, a happening. It's an event. Jesus, a real flesh and blood person in history, Jesus did a thing. Jesus did a thing in history. Now, how do you get to live in light of what Jesus has done? As we look at our our Bible, the, the God who creates is also the God who redeems. And God reveals this in and through Jesus. And he continues to do so today, even as we speak. Because our God is alive. How does this shape your life? Talking about faith, well, that's, that's such a big topic. So many different things we could pull from today. I'm inspired to, to borrow from Revelation 5 today, which features some Old Testament symbols. John has seen some things on Patmos, and he uses Old Testament symbols to help describe what, what's going on. Jesus is the Lion of, of Judah. That, that is a victorious Illustration that 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 Jesus is a conqueror. Jesus is the Lion of Judah. Jesus is also the root of of David. And what does that mean? Well, Jesus is this ruler who brings new life. But also in Revelation five, Jesus is also described like a Passover lamb. All right. Jesus is the ruler who brings new life, but he's like the lamb who has been slain. He is the lamb who has been slain. The God who conquers is the God who conquers the world through sacrifice. And we look back to the cross, this work of Christ, what he did in history. How do we live in light of this? (coughs) Faith means belief, trust. Confidence. Faith is an active trust in God, an active trust in God's revealed word. Even further, we could add faith is is loyalty to Jesus, allegiance to Jesus and his gospel. We understand faith as as something that is, is alive or it's dynamic. It's not supposed to be static. It's not supposed to be sleepy. We want our faith to awaken, right? Faith can grow. And as followers of, of Jesus, we, we are on this journey of, of learning what it means to live in fidelity to Jesus every single day. The Bible teaches at its core, faith is how people access the salvation that God provides in Jesus Christ. This is actually a major theme throughout the, the New Testament, especially Romans and Galatians. Okay, a person is saved by faith in Jesus and not by efforts, not by works. So for instance, read Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. Jesus gave his life for us to cover our sins. We have forgiveness of sins. We are made right with God through faith. We trust in this. We trust 
in the blood of the Lamb. So, the bad news is we, we can try to follow the law of Moses all we want, but we'll never live it out perfectly. Only Jesus can do that. Isaiah said that all of our righteous acts, all of our good deeds, are like filthy, filthy rags. We all fall short. So getting right with God, getting right with God is a free gift to us through faith in Jesus Christ. Again, faith means to have confidence in the reconciling work of Christ. That's why we preach Christ crucified. Again, Jesus did a thing in history. He started something new. He went to the cross, willingly went to the cross. He absorbed our sins. Nailed to the cross, atonement was made, forgiveness of sins is a thing. He died, he was buried. Our sins went to the grave with Jesus. The hallelujah resurrection is also a thing in history. We have newness of life. Our God is alive. New creation is here and now in faith, in loyalty, in confidence, in trust. We use all of these words to, to, to just keep painting this picture. In faith now, we're learning what does it mean to live actively in light of what Jesus has done in history. How to have this Jesus confidence every single day. Are you guys with me? So that's faith. Let's talk about works. Also called deeds, actions. Efforts, the things that we do, right? Things that we do. They can be righteous, they can be good, they can be bad, works of the flesh, etc. Spiritual disciplines, again, the things that we do are 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 religious habits, praying and fasting, giving money, good works, ministry activities, feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, advocating for peace, housing the, the needy. Sending cards of encouragement, keeping the Ten Commandments, attending church gatherings. These are all things that we do. Now, faith is not about what we do, but it's about what Jesus has done. And now in light of what Jesus has done, we now get to do. <laughs> and then enters James, who has a few words on this subject today. James 2.14. He puts a question before us this morning. He says, what good is it? What's the benefit, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but does not have works? Can such a faith save them? Is this a saving faith here? What's the benefit if a person claims to have faith but there's no fruit? What if someone intellectually agrees with the Christian message, the gospel message, but their actions don't demonstrate their claim. We're invited to kick that question around a little bit. Verse 14. I want to borrow from a, a personal life example here. Um, for long portions of my life, I identified as a Pittsburgh Penguins fan. 
That's, that's a hockey team, all right? When you're a kid, you get to pick what teams you like to, to follow. I picked the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, the Philadelphia Phillies, and for hockey, I just I went with the Penguins, okay? But here's the thing. I don't really track with hockey. I'm very neutral about it. Just don't follow hockey. I don't have anything against hockey, but throughout my life, I identified as a Penguins fan. In college, when I finally had a little bit of of money to to spend, I had a a little paycheck. I was like, you know what? I need to make this real. So I bought a Penguins ball cap. (laughs) All right? Because it's a fashion. You can just you can just put it on and become a fan. But here's the thing. Other than perhaps Crosby, the one player on the team that I that I knew, I really still I was not a Penguins fan. Sorry, I am not a Penguins fan. Really, I can't tell you anything about them. Penguins fan and name only. I finally let that go. I think my wife eventually donated the hat. She's like, What is this? Get you know. Give it away. I looked for that hat, couldn't find it. I think, I think we did get rid of it. <laughs> All right. Christ is not a fashion. Faith is not a fashion. And so what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but does not have works, can such a faith save him? James continues in verse 15. If a brother or a sister is without clothes. He's giving an example now. And lacks food daily. And one of you says to them, go in peace, stay warm, and be well fed, but you don't give them what the body needs. What good is it? There's that question again. What's the benefit? What's the good? Now, I hope the the point that James is trying to make is obvious to you. Okay? If someone needs clothes, and you're just like, yeah, good luck, be warm, someone is hungry, someone is thirsty, it reminds me of the thoughts and prayers cliche that's in our culture today. If you're not familiar, it's when a, like a, a tragedy happens in society, and then usually like on social media and such, you know, people go through a, a routine of offering up thoughts and prayers. Now, actually keeping thoughts and prayers on the forefront of your mind through a tragedy and lamenting through it and processing through it and praying through it, absolutely, yes, as the church, we need to do that. But the critique is that, unfortunately, thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers, it becomes this recycled, predictable expression. The blessing in verse 16, all right, go in peace. Be warm, be well-fed. It costs the well-wisher absolutely nothing. Meanwhile, the person is still naked. The person is still hungry. Now, to take a step away from James for a second, for Paul, another New Testament theologian, Paul was concerned how somebody is saved. Again, we are saved by grace through faith in Jesus. We do not earn our way to God. We need to get that nuance down. We do not earn our way to God. It is grace, faith, and Jesus. 
James here, though, is approaching the topic of faith from a different angle. James is not trying to work out a theology of salvation. And I don't even know if James is actually contrasting faith and works here. He might be contrasting two different types of faith. There's authentic faith, and then there's what I'm going to call air quotes faith today. Air quotes faith is like a checkbox. It's, it's checking a box on a, on a form. You know? Oh, yeah. I'm Christian. Protestant. Penguins fan. You know, it, it, it's, it's something that it doesn't really mean or cost you anything. But the truth is, it's an illegitimate faith. And only God knows our, our hearts, right? But, but, but James is teaching us authentic belief is the process of authentically, genuinely believing in Jesus. It's the process of heart change that leads us to a, into a change of behavior. It leads us into practical action. And so t- today, I want you to see the bigger picture. Authentic belief, it includes both faith and practical action. The reformer John Calvin, he once said, it is faith alone that justifies, but faith that justifies can never be alone. Meaning, authentic faith never shows up empty-handed. Other scriptures we can point to. Let's go to Paul, Titus 3.8. In our loyalty to Jesus, we're encouraged to devote ourselves to good works. How about John? In 1 John 3.18, let's not just talk about love, let's do it. Let's show it. Let's show love in action and truth. Author Dylan Burroughs reminds us that true faith leads to change. A changed life helps those in need. Professor Tim Mackey reminds us of the Sermon on Mount, the Sermon on the Mount here. The Sermon on the Mount, Jesus' teachings, it forces us to look at our neighbor. And this is what allegiance to Jesus and the gospel of the kingdom of God will do. Authentic belief moves us to do good works, to love, to serve, to care. Right faith leads to right action. In contrast, dead faith Cold, dead religion, it fails to accomplish what authentic faith can do. If someone is cold and you say to them, be warm, it's no good. And James continues, he says, in the same way, in the same way, faith, if it does not have works, it is dead by itself. But someone will say, you have faith, I have faith works. James pushes back. He says, show me your faith without works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one? Good. Even demons believe that, and they shudder. It's not faith or works. It is in and through faith. In obedience, we go out and we do the things that God has us to do. 
And then to reinforce the first point, our second point today is, is to know, you know, don't, don't wonder, but, but know that authentic belief is not merely just believing in the existence of God. You say you have loyalty to Jesus in the gospel. You say you have allegiance to the lamb who was slain. You intellectually agree that there is a God. Like you got that one nailed down. Okay, there is a God. But guess what? Demons believe in God too. Demons believe in God, you know. Demons believe that there is one God. And what good does that do them? They believe in God and they shudder because they know who he is. They are terrified. I'm reminded of the, the gospel stories, the, the Jesus stories of when he does exorcisms and he's, he's having a, a chat with demons. And they're like, we know who you are, Jesus of Nazareth, the holy son of God. They know exactly who Jesus is. They're terrified. James is disrupting air quote faith. Today, Chuck's box Christianity. Merely believing in the existence of God is not salvation. Now, James says in verse 20, he says, senseless person, shallow thinker. Are you willing to learn that faith without works is useless? You divorce faith and works. You have an ineffective Christian Religion. It's idle, lazy, sleepy, it's apathetic, eventually it is dead. Faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. Now, just in case the house churches of the Roman Empire needed a little bit more reinforcement, James is led to tell some Bible stories. And he points to Abraham, the father of the Israelites, like the, the family's dad, Abraham, right? He points to Abraham, and he also points to Rahab, a female Canaanite prostitute. But listen close, pointing to Genesis 22 story. Wasn't Abraham our father justified by works and offering Isaac, his son, on the altar? You see, his faith was active together with his works. And by works, faith was made complete. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness, right standing with God. He was called God's friend. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. In short, Abraham's authentic faith was demonstrated by his actions. Abraham's confidence in God implies both faith and action. If Abraham didn't trust God, he wouldn't have taken his promised son that he's been waiting so long for, he would not strap Isaac to the altar. In other words, James is saying, Abraham proved his faith to be real because his faith led him to action. 
God's friend here. His faith was not barren. It was filled with fruit. And then next there's Rahab, pointing to Joshua 2 to 6. In the same way, wasn't Rahab the prostitute also justified by works in receiving the messengers and sending them out by a different route? Do you know the story? Do you recall the story? Rahab lived in this ancient city, this walled city of Jericho. Long story short, the city needed to be conquered. Rahab, a prostitute in this pagan city, a very unlikely person to be a hero of of faith, a heroine of, of faith, but somehow, somehow, she rejected paganism. She put her trust in God and Yahweh, and somehow, perhaps even understanding the purposes of God, somehow she she was led, she had confidence, she helped the Israelite spies escape the city. She saved herself and her whole family from destruction. Now, James is not advocating for her life choices or life situation. No, no, we're simply just acknowledging that she trusted God. In fact, a few pages back in your Bible, in Hebrews chapter 11, she is listed as a person of faith. Finally, we get to our destination, James chapter 2, verse 26. For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. Faith without works is a corpse. Authentic believing. It first comes in this confidence, this faith in Jesus. In terms of salvation, again, our works do not save us. We are saved by the work, by the grace of Jesus. We don't have to work because Jesus worked. But now, there's more to the story, but now, as creatures of grace, we get to go do good works. Authentic faith. Active faith. There's an activism to our faith. It it moves us into action. Jesus is the victorious one. That's where we started today, right? Jesus, the one who conquers the world through sacrifice, the one who is victorious. He now invites us to go on ahead and get started and join in with new creation projects. So as we step into faith, we step out in obedience. And our obedience demonstrates that our faith is authentic. Now I know, faith, when we talk about faith, sometimes we doubt. Sometimes we feel weak in our faith. As we wrap up today... We'll let the stories of Abraham and Rahab be the inspiration for our our last point today. I encourage all of you to read or remember stories of faith. Stories in the Bible, in history. Testimonies from your own life. Be inspired, be encouraged. And then, then also ask God to help you to actively grow in your faith. 
So check out Bible stories, like what we did today, Abraham and Rahab. But there's Moses and David, Daniel, Esther. The woman who bled for 12 years and reached out and touched Jesus. The faith of the apostles, the early church. Check out stories of faith and history. Be students of of church history. Augustine, Thomas Aquinas, Hildegard, Luther, Calvin, Wesley, Bonhoeffer, Bart, Lewis, Keller. We know they're not all perfect beings, absolutely not, but they have great stories walking in faith. Or even here in our own local Philadelphia history, the, the, the abolitionists, in, in their faith, driven by their Christian religion, the Grimke sisters, Benjamin Lay, our missionaries at home and abroad. Check out stories in your own life. Remember how God has shown up. Repeat the good news. Wow, great is his faithfulness. He really hasn't let go of us. He hasn't failed us, has he? He is here. He is alive. The good news continues to pe- the good news continues to keep being good news. Be encouraged by these stories of faith. Some of you might know these two ladies. They blessed my life. Anna Feinstein and Jean Wagan. Remember who they are, what they did. Remembering, we are remembering ourselves back to the bigger story of faith. Be encouraged, be inspired, and then, you know, ask God to help. But I'll give you a a hint here. If you want to grow in your faith, first comes repentance. Don't be afraid of this word. It means to turn. Turn to Jesus. Give your stuff over to Jesus. Give your life over. Deny yourself. Pick up your cross. Follow him in the newness of life. Enter the twirl of repentance and believing. And I know it's hard. We make mistakes, we miss opportunities. We have blunders. Ask God for his help, for his grace in repenting and believing in the good news. Church faith, it identifies who we are. It empowers us to obey. It leads us into repentance. By his kindness, we are led into repentance. Faith inspires our worship. It leads us to change. It leads us to go out and disciple and do good works, what we've been talking about today. It leads us to go out and join in with what God is doing in the world. It leads us to say, hey, you know what? God is going to get the first cut of my money. It leads us to love our neighbor. Jesus is the vine. We are the branches. Branches need to be connected to the vine 
so that we can grow and bear fruit. So it's my privilege and blessing to pray for you now. Let's talk to God.